Welcome to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I'm Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver. Who are you going to call? I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, clinical psychologist, executive coach, and voiceover artist, and maybe even Ghostbuster, your navigator. And I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapy associate, spooky, I don't know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> a spooky I don't know. <laughs> a spooky I don't know. Alrighty, drivers, take us on a drive through tradition. quote is by Thich Nhat Hanh. When you learn about the teaching and the practice of another tradition, you always have a chance to understand your own teaching and practice. Last week, we covered Don's five attitudes to bring to a marriage, but this week, we're going to talk about traditions. We're headed into the holiday season, and we wanted to discuss how families approach different traditions. This week, we'll be talking about one holiday, or rather several kind of connected holidays, Halloween, Dia de los Inocentes and All Saints Day, as well as All Souls Day and Dia de los Muertos. What exactly are these holidays and why are we talking about them? Well, first of all, Halloween is my favorite holiday. I, I love Halloween. But these are three, well, more than three. This is a collection of holidays that honor those in our family who have passed on. So I'm going to break it down a little bit and give us kind of the cultural heritage behind these holidays. So if we start with Halloween, which most people know is October 31st, this is actually a pagan holiday. And it was based on the belief that the veil between worlds was thinned. Our current narrative is kind of far off from that with the whole, you know, get candy, knock on doors, trick or treat, smell my feet. But you know, if you're looking at this from the view of the veil being thinned enough that you can interact with those who have passed, you can figure out how to honor those uh, and the tradition of honoring those who have passed before us. Dia de los Inocentes, uh, which is November 1st, also known as All Saints Day, is a Mexican celebration. This is believed to be the day where children who have passed on are able to come back and celebrate with their families. A lot of this Dia de los Inocentes and Dia de los Muertos are based on ritualistic altars. Uh, so it's inviting the soul back to the family to honor them, to learn from them and connect with them, to learn what they've learned in the afterlife and to honor the life that they have created here on earth with those who are still here. On November 2nd is All Souls Day and Dia de los Muertos, uh, which is the opportunity for adults who have passed on to return to Earth and visit the families. Again, the ritualistic altars and rediscovering the connection you have to your ancestors. In Mexico, where these holidays are celebrated vibrantly, this is a parade. It's a celebration and an excitement. It is not a sad thing that we typically associate with funerals here in the United States. This is a celebration of the life that has been lived and the life that has passed on. I wanted to talk about these holidays purely because, I mean, Halloween's this coming Saturday and they're my favorite holidays. Uh, I really like the idea of communing with those who have passed on and 
existing in a world where you can still learn from those who have moved on from your life and remembering how they've impacted you and honoring that your life has changed from these people. That being said, everyone celebrates these things differently and traditions are an interesting thing in that regard. Yeah. So how do you celebrate holidays or blend these traditions and kinds of values when you're in a relationship with someone who believes differently or celebrates something else? Well, you know, we're going to say what we've said for 37 sessions. Wait, 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 wait. Is it personal responsibility? And no. <laughs> I was trying to say a wrong one. You were going to, you're supposed to say no. Well, it is that and it's communication. Well, and it's a willingness to celebrate different holidays, different traditions with your partner. Well, and it's also the, the first willingness there is to communicate what is my tradition, right? How does this work? And listen carefully to what your tradition is and how it works for you. And in looking at that saying, how will we create a new tradition that integrates both of these, that honors and respects both people's points of view, both people's histories? This is truly the thing that we have the opportunity to do with any culture, not not just in marriage, but with any of the people that we meet. You know, I, I have been uh, invited to the breaking of the fast uh, at Ramadan uh, with some of my um, Islamic friends, which has been pretty amazing. I have been uh, invited to a Seder, which is another tradition of the Jewish faith that has all kinds of elements to it. Uh, and of course, I've invited those people to celebrations of um, Christmas and Easter, which are traditions of mine. So in a marriage, though, the key thing is to honor and respect both people's point of view uh, and to really listen with the allowance of influence. So if your way of doing this is different than mine, Kim, you were saying Halloween is your favorite holiday. I also have another friend whose uh, Halloween is their favorite holiday and they decorate their house crazily. Yes. Um, and that is their, their big thing. And the most uh, exciting. Yes. Cats yes. and pumpkins everywhere. Sure. And they also watch horror movies 31 days in a row. <laughs> yep. And listen to spooky music, monster mash every day. There you go. Uh, you know, and if that's your celebration, that's your celebration. If it is one that says I'm actually going to focus on those people who were important to me throughout my life that have died and remember them and remember the things that they taught me, they still have influence in my life. So you have to think through your own experiences, though. What are your traditions? What does tradition mean for you in each of these different things, not just now, you know, with the Halloween and, and its particular things, but a tradition, just doing it because it's a tradition, like people sit down and, you know, have Thanksgiving dinner together, doing that just because that's what the culture says is a dead tradition. It needs to speak to the people who are celebrating it uh, in order for it to be alive. Hmm. I mean, I guess it does have to have meaning, but I mean, part of a tradition is that you're kind of just doing it the same way because that's how it always is. Mm -hmm. That's yes. like definitionally part of a tradition. And also considering the history behind it for yourself. If you're eating turkey every year for Thanksgiving, just because that's what you do, consider why that is. Is turkey truly the tradition 
or is getting together with your family and celebrating the connection you have with them, the tradition. And things that you're thankful for. Correct. Because if you look at our family Thanksgiving, we don't eat a turkey anymore because we discovered that none of us like turkey except for Papa. And it's not so much the tradition that we had of going to Oman Grandpa's and making turkey and ham and cranberry salad. It was always the tradition of coming together to celebrate the family. That's our tradition of Thanksgiving. Do you see the difference there? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right. Well, and if families are getting together to eat a, a dry turkey and just kind of muddling through it and no one really wants to be there and there's arguments on what's the point? That's not a tradition. That's just a yearly expectation. And unfortunately, sometimes traditions become that and they become things that are fought over. You know, whose family are we going to go spend Thanksgiving with? You get married and both families still want their child to come back without recognition that things have moved on and new traditions are needed, new ways of dealing with things. And that's the important thing about tradition is if it's not evolving, it is dead and it starts to weigh us down rather than lift us up. Mm, That's an interesting point. Yeah. And I guess that's part of why I don't, I don't disagree. You're right that if if a tradition is not evolving, it's a dead tradition and that may not have value. I'm hesitant to say that it weighs us down because I think that there are many traditions in the world that have not changed for hundreds or even thousands of years. And that's valuable and important because again, the to me, part of the role or purpose of a tradition is recognizing how something once was and bringing that into the modern and present and reflecting on where we've come from Mm -hmm. and why things were a certain way once upon a time. Now, of course, if we get into specifics, there's lots of things that we should let go of and move on and change and evolve. I don't disagree with your point that traditions can and should evolve. I just also think there is value to doing a thing simply because that was how it was done for this long period of time and respecting, I mean, coming back to ancestors, coming back to learning from the past that leads to change and evolution. But part of the way we're doing that is by the repetition and familiarity of a tradition. Right. I think behaviorally, yes, you're right. There are a lot of aspects that do get held on to throughout the years and are important. There are a lot of holidays and celebrations that have the same behavioral components to them across years and centuries and all of that jazz. I think what I'm trying to impress on y'all and the listeners is that it's your emotional connection to that. That's the tradition. Hmm. Or that's the important element of the tradition. So Ben, I was trying to think of what tradition has gone unchanged for even hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. I mean, perhaps not entirely unchanged, but some of the things we're talking about here, I mean, Dia de los Muertos is an ancient tradition, right? I mean, it's gone, it's been around for a long time. And a lot of the stuff, the altars to the ancestors and the rituals that go along with that have been passed down generationally for a long time. I I won't claim to know exactly how long, and it's probably not thousands of years, (laughs) but... My point is there's a reason those things are done pretty much the same way now as they were done 
in the previous generation and the one before that and the one before that, because that, that from my understanding, again, not an expert, but from my understanding, that's part of the ritual is that like it has to be done the exact same way. And that's part of tying into your ancestors. When you talk about things like Thanksgiving, I think it's a different story because now we're getting into a lot of like colonialism and other <laughs> problematic stuff. And if we look at, you know, our particular family tradition of coming together as a family and expressing what we're thankful for in the year, I think that's a valuable evolution of that tradition. When you talk about families who who fight over who comes to what family for Thanksgiving, I think that's interesting. Obviously, that's a negative behavior, but to some extent, it's stemming out of that same positive desire to have that tradition, to have things as they were, to to, to share that time together. And perhaps now the relationships are fraught and are tense, and that's not a positive time for everyone. But the reason behind why everybody wants to be at so-and-so's house for Thanksgiving, at least initially, was that valuable family time. And it's sad that that has evolved in a negative way for some families. I don't know. I've kind of gone off on a tangent here. I just think I it's like it's interesting well, the so way y'all are describing the evolution of traditions and and the behaviors behind this stuff. Every time we talk about this, the uh, fiddler on the roof comes to mind. <laughs> oh, I've been singing it in my head the whole time. Pretty much, yeah. And the the concept and the way he holds to tradition, right? So many things he holds on to out of pure, this is how it's been done. And this is what's expected of me. To and the detriment of his relationships. Right. And I am almost certain that there are families that celebrate Dia de los Muertos in different ways than the cultural expectation. The way I look at tradition is how you experience the ongoing history yeah. And like you were mentioning through like your emotional connection to it. Right. right. And that's what I mm -hmm. view as more in the tradition. I, I think for me, tradition tends to be a very personal thing and it's how my connection to our family, to our culture, to our people is intertwined because I celebrate several things just kind of in my own way. I think I'm the only one in our family that celebrates Yule. And I found that on my own and became enamored with it because of the history, because of the way the tradition is put together. But I just, I liked the story that it had and I, it fit a tradition that I actually already engaged in. And so I learned more about it. So again, when I think of tradition, I think of how I personally connect to the history that's come before me. Mm-hmm. What other roles do traditions play for people? We've talked kind of about our own personal experiences. They bring people together. Dia de los Muertos is a celebration. They take to the streets. There's parades, all of this stuff. And it brings an entire culture together over a singular concept. I mean, if you look at Christmas and Christianity, that's bringing a lot of people together over the singular excitement of the birth of Christ. So one of the things that traditions do for cultures and for individuals is dispel the sense of the unknown. Human beings really don't deal well with ambiguity. They don't deal well with change. 
they like the idea of a foundation that says, this is the way we do it. Um, yeah. so, sounds like the Mandalorian. This is the way. But that's a, a key thing for human beings. He's watched the Mandalorian? Yeah, dude. <laughs> wow. I'm up with the times. <laughs> okay. The, but tradition fulfills that, that idea of the world is not ambiguous. The, the world has these foundational blocks. And mm. one of the things that is bad about traditions is people hold on to these traditions without really understanding what they are simply because it's the way we've done it. Yes. Sort of a double-edged sword. Yes, yes. And that's why I say tradition only stays alive, really, as it evolves with the time. You brought up Fiddler on the Roof, and the main theme in Fiddler on the Roof is that he evolves his traditions Mm -hmm. until he reaches a certain line that he cannot cross, that his children could cross because they're of the next generation, but he could not cross because of his experiences in the world. For the record, if you have not seen Fiddler on the Roof, you should sit down and watch it. It's an excellent movie. Yeah, come by my house. I watch it every year. Um, sorry, coronavirus. No one's coming by your house. Oh, that's true. That's true. Although, didn't Netflix just come up with a new thing where you can watch as a yes. group online all at the same time? I it's thought that cool. was kind of cool. I haven't done that yet, but... Well, and it's interesting. I mean, you say, I watch that every year, and I can think of several things that... I, I mean, so I watch The Nightmare Before Christmas every year on my birthday. Can I make a confession? Yeah. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. What? <gasps> Seriously? It's a great movie. So we're going to watch that on Saturday yeah. then. It spooked me out as a kid. Oh my God. It's so great. And so I think I just never watched it. It looked too scary. Oh God. It's wonderful. I'm a um, baby about scary movies. I'll hold your hand. I don't think it's actually scary, right? It's not. It's, it's very not. I mean, it's like, Yeah. It's, it's not in the least. It has to do with self-esteem, but, actually. Mm. You know, there are movies that we watch to celebrate things. And I mean, my birthday is coming up the week that we're recording this. And there are several things that I do on my birthday as just stuff for me. Since I turned 18, I vote every year on my birthday, which is exciting. Hey, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I didn't know that. Yeah. My birthday is either the start of or the day after the start of early voting. So I always vote on my birthday Um, (laughs) because it seems fun. So just, I mean, those are even traditions that I've created for myself. Again, looking at the role of the self within the tradition that you're engaging in. A lot of people celebrate birthdays and growing up, we celebrated my birthday always with a chocolate sour cream cake. I have since evolved that as my tastes have evolved. Yeah, just... I I always find it interesting to listen to the traditions that people have around different holidays and around just different parts of their life and ways that they engage with the world and create community with each other. It's just interesting to me. Cool. So now we know why Halloween is Kim's favorite holiday and that I've failed her as a brother by never seeing Nightmare Before Christmas. We also talked about how to navigate different traditions in a relationship, but you probably guessed it, communication. And we debated the value of changing or evolving traditions. We hope you enjoyed this sort of Halloween-themed episode, and we also hope that whatever holidays you celebrate this year are full of love and joy. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive. Thank you for listening to The Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we want to know what you think. So write to us at questions at afpsych.com. 
You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or subscribing with your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Relationship Road Trip comes out every Wednesday at 7 a.m., so don't forget to tune in next week. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology, where they are dedicated to helping you create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at azevedofamilypsychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. Bear Cave Audio provides a range of audio services from original composition to podcast recording and editing. To learn more, go to bearcaveaudio.com or email ben at bearcaveaudio.com. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back and may the sun shine warm upon your face. 